Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Alan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, we are officially in training camp season. Yes, sir. After how many months has it been? Four, five, six? I can't count. I remember. But anyways, guys, we are officially in Broncos training camp season, and we are just so close to that week one kickoff. As of this recording, we are one month away just a little over a month i think uh, if i'm not mistaken but we are so close guys we can taste it and as of this recording as well tomorrow is going to be the hall of fame uh, game between the jacksonville jaguars and the dallas cowboys i think it's the cowboys yes cowboys no is it the cowboys no it's the raiders sorry uh, the jags and the raiders i don't know why i said cowboys <laughs> but it's you know and we all know that none of the starters are going to start but they're all going to be there but it'll be interesting to see just what an offense under uh, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville is going to look like and what an offense under excuse me Josh McDaniels is going to look like with the Raiders but then again if you're a diehard Broncos fan like I am you don't need anybody to tell you what a Josh McDaniels run team head coach run team anyway looks with anything that's not uh, under uh, Patriots logo, I guess you could say. But anyways, guys, before we get into today's uh, uh, topics, let me just remind you guys, if you're not already doing so, please follow me on Twitter at a six foot ten Mexican and get up all up to date on anything that's up with Broncos Talk News. You can always ask me questions as well. I'm always happy to talk football with all you great listeners. And also, if you'd like to support the show, I really do appreciate it. Um, I, I don't really know how many places uh, Anchor streams out this podcast, to be honest with you. It's always changing, but I'm pretty sure it's it's available in, I don't want to say in every single podcast uh, availability, but I know it's on Spotify. I think it's on Amazon, and I'm pretty sure it's on Google. I know those three. Uh, Apple, I think it's on Apple, but there's been some changes due to, I don't know if it's terms and policy, uh, some, some shit like that, but... Uh, anywhere you guys are listening to this episode thank you guys so much for your continued support as i always say and i i really do really do uh, appreciate it but i just wanted to put that out there for you guys uh that the content is i forgot to silence my phone <laughs> see that's how you know that when live is live and when it's not live and when i forgot to silence my phone so i'm actually gonna do that now because I forgot to do it sooner and now I lost my train of thought but anyways guys let's get into today's topics and you know what I before we talk Broncos let me just I I, I want to talk about something non-Bronco related. well not current Bronco related and I was actually thinking about saving it towards the end of the show but uh, unfortunately it's it's kind of like when I read this on social media the other day it, it kind of it, it almost made me feel bad in a certain way and that's uh talking about drew lock and the fact that not only is he in another quarterback competition but he's in a quarterback competition against somebody who was the backup to uh russell wilson in seattle now I, it was bad enough having Drew Locke in a quarterback competition last year against a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who was brought in from Carolina, who didn't plan, who didn't pan out as the number one guy there. And then you would have figured that Drew Locke would have had the somehow uh, would have had the upper hand, you know, 
being the fact that he was with Denver longer than Teddy Bridgewater was, and that you know he was, uh, tr- you know, supposed to be the guy, uh, and you know that basically that with John Elway no longer running the show, that he was gonna supposed to put out a a, a really good show for you know for our, our new GM George Payton at the time. And it, it didn't pan out that way. He lost the, the starting job to Teddy Bridgewater. And then he became the backup. And now he's in Seattle. <laughs> and from what the reports I read was, is that Geno Smith has the upper hand on Drew Locke in this competition. Now, you would have figured that with him already losing a, a quarterback competition literally a year ago, that with that sort of expertise under his belt, that he would have learned a couple of things, you know, things that... He and granted, he's with a new team and a new offensive coordinator and, and all that good stuff, which I trust me, I've taken into account. But I don't really think that this is something that Drew's confidence really needs at this time because the fact that Seattle, inc- I don't know if Seattle included him or or Denver just threw him in there, but the fact that they agreed to those terms to bring Drew in, I would. I would say that it would be really, it wouldn't look good. I wouldn't say embarrassing. I would just say it wouldn't look good for Drew Locke's in in his career, I guess you could say, that he loses out a quarterback competition to Geno Smith, and then he has to play second fiddle again. Now, when he lost last season, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, you know, his comeback story has been uh, fabulous. I, I love Teddy. And I'm really glad that he was able to, you know, come in. And while I wasn't the happiest person when he did come in, because I kind of felt that the Broncos didn't need to trade, I was still on the Drew Lock train at the time. But I do feel that, you know, you know like I said, I, I always respect whoever the Broncos give the keys to the team to, you know, whether I love them or whether it's another Joe Flacco type of player where it's just like, all right, well, you know, here goes nothing <laughs> type of thing. But. I mean, it, it just, it, it sucks to see because I'm still a Drew Locke fan, a fan of him as a person, I would say. You know, I, I really do wish him the best in Seattle, but if he loses that starting position to Geno Smith, I really think that that would be a, sh- a, I don't know if it's a shot in the arm is the right term to use, but it would just be a blow to his confidence, I would say. And we already saw what Drew Locke could have been when he had he had his moment to shine when he come to come in for when the quarterback gets injured and you know kind of prove all the people that you know who were making fun of him and you know who were saying he wasn't the guy prove all the doubters wrong. He had that opportunity here in Denver last year and unfortunately he wasn't able to capitalize on it, which is why he was included on that ship of treasures out to Seattle for one Russell Wilson and. You know, I, not to make a long to make a long story short, I really do hope he wins that competition. I, I I really do because Seattle's already in a tough position as it is. I I don't know what I don't know why I stalled. I think I was thinking of a different word, but I I really do hope he wins out. And I really I, I honestly do hope. And I and I'm just I really mean this when I say it. you probably won't hear a lot of Broncos fans say it because they don't even probably give a damn about Drew Lack anymore. But I really do hope. He, he finds success in this league, whether it's with Seattle, which it's not looking likely it's going to be there, but hey, who knows? Um, but, you know, just for the fact that, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I just really, I, I guess I really am a fan of the guy and I, and I wish him to do well. But 
you gotta you gotta hope or you gotta believe that it, he he just he needs he needs something to kind of you know keep his motivation up to keep his confidence up to keep him from retiring early and you know and not because of injury and not because he's had a, a long you know a successful career but it's just because it's one of those retirements where you just and you see it all the time from players that get drafted literally some players who never even get to see or touch an nfl field and they're just like you know what fuck this this ain't for me i'm i'm out i'm done you know so i i hope to see him find some type of success in this league not against denver obviously but uh yeah that's that I, I don't know why I, i've been racking my brain on that but Anyways, guys, I was getting ready. I had already recorded this episode, and I the news about Tim Patrick broke, and I felt like shit. I really did, and I scrapped it, and I was like, you know what? Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to re-record everything, and I didn't want to cut and edit and post, you know, half of this, and then I just it didn't feel right to me. See, the thing that I appreciate about these recorded uh, podcasts before i transit transition back over to live soon is the fact that you, you know i can stop and if i don't like something i can i can change it on the fly which i'm pretty sure is, is anybody that does recorded podcast can say so uh but with, with 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 so with that i just kind of felt like you know it, it needed to be addressed and when i saw it on social media uh, about tim patrick being carted off the field i mean my my heart broke ladies and gentlemen i'm not gonna lie to you it sunk and there's something going on in this league i don't know what it is but it's not denver's not the only one and we also lost uh, our our running back um and I, I i can't i had his name highlighted and I can't find it now, but I, I will find it. In the, oh, there we go, Damarea Crockett. I hope I'm. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but we. He also is expected out to miss the 2022 season. Now, with that being said, with those types of injuries, there could be a chance if the Broncos make the playoffs, and depending on how uh, Tim Patrick's recovery comes along, there could be a chance he could see some postseason action. But with with those types of injuries, you never know. They they're touch and go, and just to put you know play it on the soft side, on the soft side, on the safe side, and not make it any worse. He probably more than likely won't see any action even in the postseason. But it, I mean, it just it it really fucking sucks how the Broncos are are just I don't know. It almost feels like a curse. And and like I said earlier. Uh, the Cowboys uh, have de- have been dealing with injured players, and I, I just read that uh, out in Minnesota. I don't think uh, Dalvin Cook's injury he got uh, hurt. I don't think it's it's serious because they haven't reported anything else since since then. But um, <clears throat> uh, the center for Tampa Bay, um, he's not out for the season, but he's out for a significant amount of time. So, and and but for Denver, you know, in 2020, we was it 2020? When we lost Von Miller, yeah, in 2020 we lost Von Miller to uh, 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 tore his, his Achilles, I think. So we lost him, and then we lost Corlin Sutton that same year, and then we last year we lost KJ Hamler, and and then now this year we lost Tim Patrick. So, and, and I've been reading on social media as well about you know possible replacements coming in, and 
not to take away anything from from those guys because in the National Football League it's a next man up type of situation you know that's why there's a depth chart for that reason but why you can re why you can replace some of the physicality Tim Patrick brings onto the field it's really hard to replace <clears throat> his spirit and the leadership and just the energy that Tim Patrick brings onto that field it's kind of like what happened when Von Miller got hurt it's kind of like yeah you can bring another pass rusher on you could uh, draft another uh, uh, you know an unrestricted one or you could trade for one and that's great and everything but for them to come in and match the energy and the leadership and, and all the really good things that all these Broncos players bring onto the team it's it, it, it's raw it's really hard to do and you really don't want to see that trying to be replicated because somebody's gonna screw it up and then you don't want to piss off fans by you know saying oh you're trying to be like the person you're playing for and that's not what that's not what this team is is about especially uh the depth chart it shouldn't always be trying to be like the person you replay you're uh, you're replacing it's everybody's their own individual player everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses so while all these players are going to go out and play with their hearts on their sleeves for tim patrick and i'm pretty sure for you know knock on wood any further injured uh broncos players going down the line during the season but the one thing that kind of while i am don't get me wrong i'm super super sad and i'm pissed off that a broncos player of that caliber went down with an injury that's going to keep him off on the bench all season but the one shining light in that dark dark sky is the fact that we have a guy like russell wilson and i say that because russell wilson is this excuse me is basically what we uh, we or the broncos traded for where it's like okay you don't have one of your best receivers but you still have Corlin sutton you still have a returning kj hamler you still have a jerry judy and i'm pretty sure the broncos going down the line the the better their record looks i'm pretty sure george payton is more likely maybe going to make a trade for a key player to you know kind of keep that that uh that death roster in check and keep it from fluctuating and you know like i said hopefully no more injuries <clears throat> basically give russell wilson the weapons he needs for russell to be russell to be great and to take this team back to a super bowl and win a fucking super bowl at that so and that's just basically and that's what that's what a great quarterbacks do and I would say that I would say the same thing if the Broncos have were for some reason been able to acquire an Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is able is is that kind of guy who can make uh, a, a a wide receiver two maybe hell even a wide receiver three look like a wide receiver one maybe not every game maybe not every play but we've seen Rodgers over the years do that with certain players and when these certain players go to different teams they don't have the same amount of success they had with Aaron Rodgers because they don't have that same connection and they just don't have that same type of uh, uh, well connection obviously but I mean look at look at Jordy Nelson for example when he went to the Raiders and we saw how great Jordy Nelson was as a Packer and he was out there playing with who was still out there Derek Carr I believe and he, it, it just it wasn't the same now I can't say the same thing for Devontae Adams and Derek Carr because Derek Carr and Devontae Adams if I'm not mistaken were actually on the same college team together before they got drafted in the NFL so they have some chemistry together so while they won't be the same as an Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams thing it's not nothing to kind of oversee and you know say that it's not going to work although don't get me wrong I really hope it doesn't work but that's uh it, it's wishful thinking at best at this point
So, with that being said, I think that the Broncos, aside from that injury, their training camp has been... There hasn't been anything like huge, I would say, in terms of nothing that surprises uh, all the fans that went out there. By the way, congratulations to Broncos country for setting, if I'm not mistaken, a new attendance record uh, for for training camp attendance. I mean, it's been awesome. It's been great uh, seeing the pictures of all the media guys that were out there, all the fans, and you know, just just the player, just the energy in Broncos country. It reminds me of when Peyton Manning came to town. That's the kind of vibes I'm getting when I'm reading on Twitter about the people there and just, you know, being able to watch the the practices and the highlights and the plays and the catches, the the runs and, and all this good stuff. And, and just, the, just the fans being fans and enjoying football for what it is. And for the stacked roster that the Broncos are facing in the AFC with the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders, I mean... This injury, not gonna lie to you guys, it's it's. A, I'm pretty sure it it it's kind. Of, it, I don't know, if salivating is the right word, but it it. I'm pretty sure while no, I, I don't want to say no, but I'm pretty sure most Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs fans, why they don't wish injury. I would like to think that they don't wish injury on any other player. That they're not feeling sorry for this team for losing one of their best wide receivers in uh, on the broncos so while there will be guys that will have to step up and you know kind of fill that role uh of that wide receiver uh i would say two because i see him i see tim patrick behind or next to corlin sutton in that regard but i this could be a chance for the broncos offense to do some really sneaky shit and kind of make it look like, oh, yeah, the Broncos don't have one of their best weapons. So, you know, they're going to be easy to beat. And then just have Russell Wilson go out there and, you know, kick the ever-loving shit out of them. So, <laughs> that's the kind of, oh, excuse me. That's the kind of thing I predict uh, will happen for this team or should happen for this team. Now, I've been watching some of these highlights for uh, training camp, and they have just been amazing. It's really, really great being able to see. Russell Wilson throw a ball and seeing Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy catch and run their routes and even Montreal Washington who's starting to be a name that a lot of people are mentioning at camp uh, you know making these yeah, he had a really spectacular uh, touchdown catch the other day uh, now two names that I haven't heard a lot of in training camp so far is um, in terms of I'm not saying that they weren't there I'm just saying that I haven't seen maybe I've been watching different videos from everybody else but it's uh, uh, Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon I have seen them running uh, drills and routes and stuff but we haven't really heard anything in terms of I don't know I don't know if if it's because they're trying to figure out a new whole new offensive scheme then you know trying to get used to get rid of all the Pat Shermer bullshit that's probably still trying to hang that's hanging around or I, I don't know, but I kind of, I kind of, but I kind of like that mystery to be honest with you, because it kind of makes me feel like the best is yet to come. And I don't, it's not something that I really like absolutely need to see, but I know what the potential is, you know, especially with uh, Melvin Gordon coming in on a, what I is, I'm going to stick to my guns and say, I think it's a prove it's a, a prove it deal. And Javante Williams, I mean, that man almost looks like he has no ceiling and he can he's just gonna get better and better as as time goes. And hopefully he stays a Bronco forever. 
<laughs> you know, which is wishful thinking. But in this business, as you've heard a lot of people say, especially on social media, it's better you should always root for the name in the front and not the name in the back because the name in the back and the color can change like that where the name in the front unless you're the rams or the chargers or what other team or the raiders <laughs> you know the, the the name seldomly seldomly on the front changes it's not often but you know speaking of, of russell wilson I, I gotta say, I mean, th- this man—it almost—it almost feels like he can do no wrong. Uh, I, it's like he know, he knows exactly what needs to be said. He, he's now his acclimation for this team is going a lot better than I thought it was. I thought it was gonna take a little bit more time in terms of you know trying to get used to a whole new offense and trying to find chemistry with the players and and all that good stuff, but. I haven't seen anything of it and so and it's really great to see Russell Wilson not shy away from anything. He said it at his uh at his press conference that you know he he's he's here to play and he wants to play with some of the best players that the AFC has to offer and you know he's going to get his wish in that regard and in this division he's going to get to play them twice. So it, it's it, it's it's kind of it's kind of I'm telling you when I tell you I'm so excited I'm losing my train of thought. It's it's really it's an amazing feeling as a Broncos fan. And uh when actually when I was at the water park this past weekend with my family, there was a I was walking with my nephew and there was a guy that see me decked out in my Broncos gear and he said and everybody says the same thing to me when they see me wearing rep, repping the Broncos and it's like, "Oh, you're excited, huh?" And I'm like, hell yeah, I am. You know, Russell Wilson, and it's going to be fucking great. But the fact that other people can see the excitement in my face, in my reaction, even though I'm not have interacting with them completely, but just the fact, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm always proud of wearing my Broncos gear, whether my quarterback is Russell Wilson or if it was Joe fucking Flacco. <laughs> let's just get that, let's just get that uh, straight. My pride for this team, even when my team has shit the bed, these last what has it been five six years since their last super bowl run where it's just like been god awful and it's going to have to get on social media or or coming on social media or or going to work or going wherever and then just catching shit from everybody who's like oh i thought the broncos were, were champions and what happened and you know kind of as Broncos fans, we always kind of felt like we had to. You could spin the finger, and whoever it pointed to, it, it could, it could, the, the finger could point no wrong. It was either special teams, or it was coaching, or it was the quarterback, or it was. I mean, it, it, it was. It almost felt like there was no wrong answer because there was a lot of shit that was going on wrong. And uh, as Emmanuel Sanders put it before he left. Denver, you know, we were living in a world of suck, and it almost felt like we signed a, a ten-year lease on that planet. And it's like, well, you know, might as well come here. We're gonna be here for a long fucking time, <laughs> you know. So it's finally great to be able to say we got on a rocket ship and blasted the fuck out of a world, out of that world of suck, and just the fact that people respect Russell Wilson's name and know that the leadership that this man brings to the AFC conference, let alone the league, is amazing. I'm sorry. I had to get a drink real quick. But 
in power rankings and hell and even some talk shows the Broncos themselves have moved up in rankings and I think Colin Cowherd has ranked the has the Broncos ranked as the uh, between the five and the ten I believe maybe the four not top three but one of the top I'll say top ten one of the top ten teams that he believes are going to be a, a, a playoff contender Super Bowl wise a lot of people still have Buffalo uh, and I can't really uh, I, it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of hard to argue that because Buffalo is, is stacked. I mean, they, they were just, they were a flip coin play away from going to a Super Bowl last year. Uh, or, or an AFC Championship game, I believe it was, before uh, they had to face Cincinnati. And it, it, it just, it, it's, it's fucking crazy. I, I, but as much as I respect Buffalo and, you know, what they're trying to do and all the money they're spending and all the people they're bringing in and trying to get to, you know, being relevant and represent the AFC, I, I can't say I root for Buffalo unless it's a situation where the Denver Broncos luck has run out and they're officially eliminated. Then I'll probably give them my thumbs up. But as long as the Broncos are a contender and they're looking to be a serious one, uh, you know, obviously got to stick with the orange and blue. And... It, while, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. And what I've seen in training camp also, and also from the coaching, I mean, this energy you get from Coach Hackett is is just amazing. We're so, I guess I kind of got used to the stone-faced look we had from Vic Fangio and, you know, everything had to be on time. And it almost looked like the players were kind of, not that they were scared, but it almost looked like they weren't allowed to have fun. And, you know, like that, like that question of the, I don't know if it's the question of the day, but that question they have on the Broncos social media site where they ask them, you know, like a random ass question and the players get to answer. I mean, those those are it's it's great to see. And I know they've had it before, but I almost felt like if it was up to Vic, Vic wouldn't have allowed any of that shit to go down. It was, you know, practice, you know, and then uh, train uh, or study and then go home. That's uh, while I do. Don't get me wrong. I do. I love Vic. I, I love the energy or energy. I love what he did for the Broncos but at the same time it's kind of like uh, it kind of made you realize why he never got a head coaching job earlier in his career and hell maybe even the reason why he's decided I don't know if it's up I, I've talked about it before on the show but I don't know if it's because he decided to pers- not pursue another head coaching job in the league or if one wasn't offered to him and he just doesn't want to go back to being a defensive coordinator or if he's just decided to say, hey, you know what? I've had a great career in the league. You know, maybe it's time to, you know, hang up my whistle, so to speak. And, you know, enjoy retirement. But, you know, jury's still out on that one. But, in, in, you know, to kind of put the offense in, in perspective, folks, it's just like, ah, man, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh where was I? Basically, uh, the Broncos put Tim Patrick and and Damarea Crockett on IR, and they brought in Max Borgie. I hope I said his, his his last name right. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. And uh, KJ Hamler and Greg Dul Dulcich Dulcich. Hope I said that right as well. Uh, so these are the type of these are the players as well as other wide receivers that you're going to see whose names you're going to see more frequent in the postseason 
and they're going to have to pick up the slack for the loss of Tim Patrick. Now, the Broncos could decide to get, you know, a veteran wide receiver if, you know, they kind of need to feel the need to bring that on. And, uh, you know, don't uh, shit. I got nothing against Emmanuel Sanders. I wouldn't mind seeing him coming back to Denver and finishing his career here on a veteran uh, on a veteran salary. Uh, uh, But I mean, there's a lot of veteran wide receivers still out there. I mean, hell, who knows? Maybe OBJ is looking pretty good by his uh, completed rehab time in November. And maybe the Broncos make a run at him, you know, but. but going back to what I said earlier, even if you bring in a veteran wide receiver, even a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who's won a championship at Denver and knows what playing at mile high is like, even those types of guys, it's it, it would be I wouldn't expect them to try to replicate the the energy and the leadership that a Tim Patrick would bring. But if if this Broncos team can go out and win a Super Bowl for Tim Patrick and you know say you know even though you weren't with us on the out on the field you know you were with us in spirit he was on the sidelines I would imagine or at home rehabbing or you know not just being any other type of person but being the person that the Broncos really sorely missed and you know kind of that would really add a shot in the arm to say hey look I'm down this season but I'm going to be back next season Hopefully with a championship ring on my finger and, you know, just kind of more initiative and more reason to come back better, come back stronger next year. And, you know, knock on wood again, hopefully that's our only serious injury for the the rest of the year because uh, Russell Wilson needs his weapons. He needs his tools if he wants to cook up a victory. So hopefully everything works out for the best in that regard. So, guys, that's going to do it for the first half of the show. Uh, Going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these fine words. And we're back. If you're just joining us, we were talking about the offense and the loss of one Tim Patrick wide receiver of the Denver Broncos and it's I mean it just kind of sucks it, it it really does and the more I think about it and talk about it the, it makes me a little bit sad but it kind of makes me intrigued as to how the Broncos are going to go up in in terms and try to figure out what to do and what the solution is and you know how to get by in the season <clears throat> with with that loss but I, I wanted to talk about in the second half, I'm uh, going to talk a little bit about the Broncos and also uh, some news around the league as well, if, uh, if we have time. But I just wanted to talk about Patrick Sertan on this defense. And I, I wanted to talk about what I've been, what I don't actually want to hear from other NFL fans around the world. I, and I said the world, especially on social media. But ever since Patrick Sertan was picked by the Denver Broncos and the fact that the Broncos passed on Justin Fields and that the Bears moved up to trade for Justin Fields and they got their guy just like Denver got their guy ever since then and that entire season everybody has been saying and nowadays not so much as it did back then but I still see it on social media here and there especially on Broncos Twitter that 
the Broncos should have took Justin Fields with that pick or that the Broncos were going to regret taking Patrick Sertan over Justin Fields. Now, the only uh, granted on my draft uh, board that day, I actually had the Broncos taking Justin Fields, but I wasn't mad at the fact there were a lot of good players the Broncos could have taken at that that position. Hell, I would have been happy if they took Micah Parsons. Look how great he's uh, playing on in in Dallas as a linebacker. But Patrick Sertan was kind of like that uh, that diamond in the rough, so to speak. And over one year so far, one year so far, Justin Fields has, obviously, don't get me wrong, as a guy who lives in Chicago, Justin Fields has had no help from his coaching staff, and he's really had no, not much help from the wide receiver, from the weapons around him uh, last season. Plus, playing in his first year, a lot of rookies struggle in their first year. So I do believe Justin Fields is going to be on the up and up, and if he can get the coaching thing right and the, and the Bears can put some weapons around him, you know, he can be that guy. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is still playing in Green Bay, it's going to be hard to go up against a back-to-back MVP and, you know, a Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers. So Justin Fields already has his hands full having to deal with all that shit, plus Kirk Cousins and, at the moment, Jaron Goff and whoever the Lions decide to draft in the quarterback position in the future. But I feel that Patrick Chatan was the perfect choice for the Broncos. So it's really kind of, what's the word? I I want to say asinine to hear people still say that the Broncos should have drafted Justin Fields over Patrick Sertan. And as we've seen in this training camp, if you guys have seen the same videos I have, and I would imagine you have, or if you were lucky enough to actually see Sertan in practice, making these incredible plays, and while not every play was an interception, but just him being able to read a quarterback like Russell Wilson, the guy who, if I'm not mistaken, has he hasn't faced before because the Broncos didn't play the Seahawks at all last year. And, you know, just kind of make these plays kind of gives it 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 should end that 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 well. That I, I'm not trying to say that Sertan is better than Justin Fields, because it's, and it's hard to make that argument at this point because they're both going into the second year and they both play different positions. One's a quarterback, one's a cornerback. But I feel that Patrick Chatan's role in Denver is being utilized and suitable more because he has a better advantage. He has, I would say, better coaching. There's better coaching in Denver currently right now than there is in Chicago for Justin Fields. Justin Fields is getting used to a new GM. And he's getting used to a new coach. And so, you know, he's got to go through more than likely another season of trying to get used to a whole new playbook and, you know, and, and all that stuff. Where, Whereas uh, uh, Patrick Chatan, he already has a feel of what it is to play 18 games in, in Denver. And he's going to get a feel soon enough of playing a little bit more when the Broncos make the postseason. And hopefully... You know, he gets to put a Super Bowl ring or, or two or three or four, who knows, on his fingers before he decides to call it a career in, in the future. But, folks, we need to stop this argument about 
saying that Denver messed up passing up on Justin Fields. I really don't want to hear that shit anymore because before last year, I was kind of like, eh, you know, we'll see. I always tried to be the neutral guy. I always tried to say, you know, especially living in Chicago because I hear that shit all the time. But I'm telling you guys right now, we don't need to have that conversation anymore because I, I don't think it's it's necessary. And by this time next year or hell, in just a couple of, of months or weeks, we could be seeing, uh, you know, a lot of high, more highlights from Patrick Sertan than we will from Justin Fields. So if, if, if there's anybody out there that listens to this podcast that is not a Broncos fan or that is not a Patrick Sertan fan, let me just tell you that that shit needs to stop. It really does because it's getting it's it's getting annoying and it it, it, it just needs to stop. Patrick Sertan is the perfect or was the perfect selection for the Denver Broncos. Justin Fields looks to be the perfect selection for the Chicago Bears. Now, if the Bears decide and down the road that you know Justin Fields isn't the guy, just kind of like how Denver found out that Julak wasn't the guy, and then they trade him to another team where they cut him or whatever, that's a different story. And I'm pretty sure it'll that argument will definitely die there, because then you know everybody's going to start calling Justin Fields a bust or or what have you. But Patrick Sertan, the, the man is in the league of his own damn near. And he's starting to give out the, the those Champ Bailey vibes, if if you will. Where he's he's just he he's he's learning and he's he's gonna be really, really fucking great at it. And it's great to watch him on defense go up excuse me, go you know, head to head with some of the best wide receivers in the league. And the fact that now he has to deal with guys like Devontae Adams twice a year, or, well, he doesn't have to deal with Tyreek Hill anymore, but, you know, he still has to worry about Kelsey and whoever else the Chiefs have uh, in their roster, let alone Patrick Mahomes, or Keenan Allen, and um, I forget the name of the other wide receiver in, with the Chargers. But, you know, he, he's going to get to play some of the best of the best, and he'll play some of the best of the best of the best of the best when the Broncos make the postseason. You know, so I I feel like Patrick Sertan's road to success is going to be a little bit tougher than Justin Fields, just for the simple fact that I feel that Patrick Sertan currently, if this was like a, an MVP race, hypothetically speaking, Patrick Sertan would have a, a lead on Justin Fields because Justin Fields did not have the best year last year, and there's still a lot of issues, and I feel that this new coaching change and GM change and new offensive scheme, it's going to hurt Justin Fields' uh, ability to kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if excel is the right word. Uh, I want to use probably ascend is the right word. And again, not to mention that he's also playing in a tough division with a returning Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, if you guys have your opinion on this, please hit me up on Twitter at a six for ten Mexican. Let me know what you think. I'm always down to hear uh, what you guys have to say on the subject. So, with that being said, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some a couple of NFL topics I wanted to to get to uh, before we end today's show. It, today's show is going to be a little bit short, so I do apologize for that. Uh, and that's basically that uh going back i wanted to talk about uh 
God damn it, I forgot his name. Uh, Baker Mayfield and his whole quarterback thing going on. Now, we did talk about this before, but I wanted to talk about it again because it, it, it when it gets brought up on these shows like uh, like on Undisputed, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty like you don't really think about it until you think about it. I don't know where the hell I heard that from, but basically Carolina is almost in a place where the Broncos were just a year or two ago, but they're actually in a worst place because they 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 I mean think about what what, what Carolina has done the last what two three years. They they traded a shit they they went out and got Teddy Bridgewater. Then they paid Teddy Bridgewater a shit ton of money. It didn't work out. Then they went and traded for Zach Wilson. And then was it is it Zach Wilson or uh, uh, yeah yeah so uh, and you know that didn't no it's not Zach Wilson what the hell is his name uh, and then they went out and got. Uh, Baker Mayfield. So they got two guys playing, and no, it's another like quote unquote quarterback competition that they don't really that they don't really need. Like they don't really need another quarterback competition. Now the thing about the the, the Panthers is that they look they look to to have a really good. Uh, defense. I mean, they got J.C. Horn coming back from an injury, and I mean, they uh, Brian Burns. Brian Burns is one of my favorite pass rushers. I, I haven't been mad, and he's just fucking uh, uh, amazing. So, but their defense, as as good as it can be, they can uh, <laughs> they 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 can't. <sighs> find this guy's name uh but basically there's a quarterback competition in carolina that really shouldn't be a quarterback competition and it kind of makes you scratch your head like you you know what the fuck is, is is what the hell is going on like how can you have two guys in uh in, in uh, Sam Darnold, there we go. I, not Zach Wilson. I let me correct myself. It's Sam Darnold and 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 Baker Mayfield having a quote-unquote quarterback competition. Now, this quarterback competition I feel is actually worse than the quarterback competition that's going on in Seattle with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, which I talked about at the beginning of the show. And that's just basically because these guys, if I'm not mistaken, were in the same draft and they were both selected in the first round. Sam Darnold was selected by the Jets and Baker Mayfield was selected by the Browns. Number one pick, if I'm not mistaken. So you have two number one guys who are battling it out. And it's it, it kind of sucks because it... it, it, it <laughs> It, it just it cracks me up when I hear uh, Skip Bayless defend Baker Mayfield like he's the next Tom Brady and, you know, kind of saying like, oh, yeah, he's going to have a shit year in, in Carolina because they're a quote unquote another clown show like the Browns are. But, you know, he's going to Baker Mayfield is going to hit free agency next season and, you know, he's going to set up new bar and tear up the free agency market and, and all this shit. And it's like, well, 
not really because I agree with Unk. If if Baker Mayfield was that guy, how come we only had one team make a you know make a trade for him, which was only Carolina, and that was the team that I was really not expecting and really not hoping for. I really thought Seattle was gonna try to make a play for him, you know, try to convince uh, the Browns, like, hey, look, we'll we'll give you Drew Locke. <laughs> Or, you know, and, and some draft picks and, you know, but it, it wasn't the case. So I guess I guess my whole shtick is, is these is this whole quarterback competition going to be a thing going forward? And it's not like before where it was like a standard, you know, guy that you knew was a second quarterback versus uh, uh your, your regular starting back because now it's it's starting to be like this thing and i feel like it started in denver last year because in denver that's all people were talking about was when you know bridgewater and drew lock were going head to head and every single article we read every day was you know you know bridgewater did this grade and drew lock did this grade and bridgewater here and drew lock there and bridgewater there and then, and then when we all thought that we knew who was going to win like all of a sudden out of nowhere it was just dropped the news hey bridgewater's the guy Good luck, Broncos country. And, you know, a lot of people, some people were surprised. Some people were happy. Some people were pissed. Uh, but uh, so I guess my question is, is and I, I think I already asked it, but I'm going to ask it again. Is this going to be the new standard for NFL for the NFL going forward? Are we going to have these quarterback competitions starting to be a thing? And if once a team decides like, OK, this is going to be our guy and the other guy is going to be the second one. Like how much of a burden is that going to have where if that team doesn't make the Super Bowl, they're going to go and, you know, say, well, you know, we, we fucked up. Maybe we should have. What if we would have chosen the other guy as or, you know, if you don't hear it from from the team itself, you'll hear it from fans because, you know, fans are so they, they love their team. They're so passionate about their their respective team so much that if you don't bring that up, they certainly the fuck well because you know there's only one suit only one team can win the super bowl and there's going to be 31 other teams that are going to be sadly disappointed that they don't that they don't win it at the end of the year so i i mean it's it just like to me it, it it just feels weird like i i know last year we were like i said we were all kind of some of us were on team bridgewater some of us were on team lock Maybe not so much on, t- <laughs> on t- Team Drew Lock that we were on Bridgewater, but for for this one, I mean, for 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 Baker Mayfield and 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 Sam Darnold, I I kind of like I don't see one being advantageously better than the other, to be honest with you. And I actually feel sorry for Baker because Baker had such a great team around him in Cleveland. He had two great running backs. He had one of the best, if not the best offensive line in Cleveland. And maybe he may have not had the best wide receivers, but they were good enough to, you know, I mean, we all saw what that, what that Browns team did to Denver last year. And granted our linebacker core was, was decimated i guess you would say uh, to have uh, their second string running back literally uh run down our throats on that thursday night game but it, i mean to see a team like the panthers who are almost like they're almost mimicking what the broncos were a year ago except they have two guys who are looking like projected busts <laughs> and they're both on the same team 
and the Panthers are, are, are they, I'm telling you, they're almost just like Denver. They have, they're shaping up to have a really good defense, but the thing that kills really good defenses is them getting worn out, them being out there too long, or them trying to go out there and correct the plays, the mistakes that the uh, that the offense makes. Now, obviously, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the same videos I have of you know uh, Baker Mayfield throwing interceptions or incompletions. Same thing with Sam Darnold, but. It goes to say that these are the these are the types of things you you you're used to seeing in, in practice, and you're supposed to, especially during training camp, because you're trying to make sure that these things don't happen during the regular season, you know, let alone in the preseason. Even though that doesn't count as well, but you just don't want to see that because you don't you don't want to show the opposing teams, especially teams in your division, that the guy you went and got isn't ready or that, you know, they're vulnerable to, you know, being prey in certain defensive schemes and, and, and whatnot. So, but to kind of backtrack a little bit in, in retrospect, I don't think that there's going to be a clear winner in Carolina. I, whether it's Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, if you didn't cut it, if, if you didn't get it done with Sam Darnold, you're not going to have that much more difference, I think, with Baker Mayfield, especially since he's coming in a little bit late. He's playing catch-up. He's coming into a new team, a new offensive coordinator. And the fact that the Panthers have gone through three different quarterbacks in three different years, I would say, they're if they're not starting to go into the quarterback desert that Denver's been waiting through since Peyton Manning left, they're literally starting to... They're, I, I guess you could almost say they're like in quicksand or they're stuck somewhere in the Sahara. I mean, it's 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 that fucking bad. And if the Panthers were to, you know, let Baker walk next season and trade for Sam Darnold and, you know, try to go and get somebody in the draft or trade for a veteran QB next season and just add another name to that quarterback carousel. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. But... Uh, it, 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 it's just I, I do hope they find their answer I, I really do uh, and and you know it's, it's kind of weird for me saying that because I'm a Broncos fan but I try to be optimistic I, I, I want every team that the Broncos plays to be playing at their best because even like from what I've seen from other people nobody wants to watch a game where even if it's their favorite team to stomp out the opponent so you know it's kind of like being a imagine being a Patriots fan and watching Tom Brady put up 50 points on the Jets twice a year or on Buffalo or on the Giants or whatever or on any other shitty team that that the, that the Patriots from that time played it, it's kind of like that like, don't get me wrong. I, I personally, I love seeing it because I love the, seeing the Broncos stomp their opponents and running up running up the score because I do it all the time in Madden. But I also hate being on the other side of that and watching, having, sit, having to sit there and watch my Broncos get their ass handed to them by teams that they should have beat uh, easily. And the fact that we haven't had a high-scoring game in what feels like forever says a fucking lot about this team and if we could just get a taste a small taste of what 2013 was like this year 
even though there's no Adam Gase and there's no John Fox and there's no Peyton Manning, but we have similar attributes to that where we can get a taste of it. Oh my God, that would send Bronco country into a fucking frenzy and I would lose my shit and I would absolutely love it. And, you know, and I wanted to cover a couple of other things, uh, quick things before we go. Uh, the Cowboys signed ex-Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr to a one-year contract worth $3 million, which is great. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going to talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension because, I mean, there's so many there's so many things right and there's so many things wrong with it. And I don't really want to know what the right is. But let me just quickly say that I do believe that the six-game suspension is bullshit. I think he should be gone for at least a year at the most. And I and I'm surprised that Roger Goodell went the way he did and I'm going to keep this really short. But that's just my personal opinion and I'm really really glad that the Broncos didn't make a play for Deshaun Watson uh, while he was still in with the Texans before he sat out for a whole year and all that and that he didn't bring all that drama and all that bullshit to, to Denver because the last thing Broncos country needs is all that shit that Deshaun Watson dragged with him from Houston and now the Browns organization has to deal with all of that so uh, that's all I'm going to say about that but a uh, quick note about tomorrow's game Jacksonville versus the Raiders uh, I mean it's going to be a battle of the second and third teams it's like an extra pre they basically took what the fourth preseason game was and then just renamed it the hall of fame game because that's almost what it feels like and it's an extra preseason game for them uh versus everybody else in the league so well i i think i said this at the beginning of the show while we won't see any of the starters play they'll they'll be in their jerseys more than likely but they won't suit up to play uh it'll be it'll just see the thing about it is while i don't get any personal enjoyment from watching two teams that aren't the broncos play it's it's just good to see a football being snapped and even though it doesn't count and even though the score doesn't matter it's it's just it's it's great it's just it feels like kind of like if you went a whole day without drinking something and you finally get to a bottle of water and you just chug the shit out of it that's how that feels like and uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people, even if they're not Jags or Raiders fans, that are going to cover the game on, on social media. But just just enjoy it, folks. And let's get ready to enjoy some football. I hope you're with me on that. So with that being said, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really, really do enjoy uh, coming on here and talking to you guys. And I'm really grateful for your support. As I said earlier, if you want to support the show, please do. Uh, you know, donations are always welcome and donors, uh, monthly donors as well. I really do appreciate your support. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at a six foot ten Mexican. If you want to email me about business inquiries or again, if you don't have a Twitter and you just want to ask me to talk football, the same thing. Uh, Broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com. And of course, Let's go Broncos. Have a good night, guys. And uh, damn it, I, I I can't fix the fucking th- the, the thing. So I'm, I'm going to try it again. Hopefully I don't fuck it up. Let's get dangerous. <laughs>
<laughs> that sounded even worse than before. Have a good night, guys.